That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on this Tuesday afternoon is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. It's here. It's here. We have basketball games. First round of games in the books, man. First uh, first day in the books. I am. I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, I was hungry when I was watching like blowouts, just trying to figure out like what teams are what what lineups teams are putting out. I'm just like, oh yeah, they're up by thirty, but I want to see this person off the bench. <laughs> exactly. Um, a ton of games. I mean, almost the entire country was in action uh, last night. Uh, so, and there were honestly a lot more good games than I thought there'd be. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd come on here with like, you know, not a ton to talk about. And now I feel like we have way too much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so we have to narrow it down a bit, but, and uh, again, I don't want this to be like a reading off the scores podcast, but sure, sure. Um, on night, on days like this, where there's basically almost every team in the state playing, uh, it's going to be kind of a rundown, but also our thoughts on a couple big games. But we can start with what, in my opinion, was the most intriguing game and the best game of the day was on the women's basketball side, Stephen F. Austin and UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a home game for SFA. It was a game where we've talked a ton about UTSA coming into the year. We were like, all right, Jordan Jenkins, Kira White. Let's see what Karen Ask can do with, with this team. And SFA, obviously, transitioning from Stephanie Vischer team to more of a in, interior type team. Uh, and this game was just awesome. Awesome. Back and forth the whole time. Uh, the defenses were really good. They had some shot, uh, shot making uh, SFA ends up winning 68 to 63. Where do you want to start when we talk about this game? I mean, it's, it's hard not to start with UTSA um, just because how, I mean, this was a three point game at one point. This was, you know, I think they were up heading into halftime. They're up by two. Mm-hmm. This like, if you would have told me last year that Karen Aston would already have this team playing with UT, uh, playing with SFA, right? It would have been hard to believe. But again, I still don't want to get ahead of myself. I still think this is probably a, a 500 team in conference, maybe on the season. But like we're seeing what the the makings of what this team could be. Um, obviously, heading into the year, we wanted to see what Jordan Jenkins could do, Kira White, things like that. But I think the thing that impressed me most was. Oh, obviously those two made an impact right away. I think they finished with 17 uh, Jordan Jenkins had a team high 17 points and Cure White had eight. But the thing that I loved most was that the identity that they established last year of being that hard-nosed offensive rebounding team was still there. Uh, they were battling on the boards. They ended with 14 offensive rebounds to SFA's 13. I believe they had 
that was one adjustment that I think SFA did actually pretty well in the second half was they kept them off the offensive glass. They finished with 10 uh, first uh, first half offensive rebounds UTSA did. And then, of course, as you meant, as you just heard, I, they only finished with 13. So I think SFA made some good adjustments on the boards, but I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Kira White also was probably looked like their go-to playmaker. She yeah. finished with seven assists. Um, I know Jordan Jenkins had almost 10 turnovers. I know that was, that's going to be something that Karen Aston is going to want to clean up. But, you know, aside from like, you know, SFA enacting a press that kind of got to him a couple of times towards the end of the half and, and, you know, some issues getting the ball inside comfortably for UTSA. I really like what I saw from them um, to really quick on, on SFA. I was wondering who would kind of take over the playmaking role for them. And it was kind of a lot of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we got Anna Johnson finishing with three assists. We got Jordan Harrison finishing with four assists. Avery Brittingham brought the ball up a couple, a couple times in the half court. She'd get a rebound and she'd just dribble it up to the top of the key and initiate the offense. So a lot of fascinating things for them as well. And so I think I wouldn't be worried about SFA because I think UTSA is going to be pretty good this year. But I think this was a nice, a nice early gut check for SFA to maybe um, brush off some cobwebs. It's always interesting to me to because we, we do previews and stuff. And it's the mm-hmm. hardest part of previewing a team and, you know, we have 25 of them on both sides to do, is figuring out what freshmen are going to contribute. Sure. And both teams had multiple freshmen on the court for a lot of this game. SFA had Jordan Harrison um, and Kayla and uh, Kyla Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, UTSA, um, I, I know, had, had a few as well. Um, Maya Linton and uh, Sydney Love, obviously, are – where Sydney Love was one we talked about coming into the year already. But still, that's an interesting aspect of it to me is figuring out what freshmen can contribute, and both teams had a few. Uh, the big thing for SFA that I took away was they went two bigs late, and I thought that was the difference. I thought that was just too much. Ayanna Johnson, and then they brought in uh, Kirsten Harden, who mm-hmm. is also, I believe, like 6'3". And so, yeah, 6'3", center. And so they went two bigs, and I felt like that was kind of enough to get them some easy points to stop UTSA from getting on the boards. And that was a, a great adjustment there. So, um, and Kirsten Harden ended up leading them with 16 points. So uh, you had a, it was a battle. It was a battle, but um, SFA pulls it out and, you know, we're, we're texting about it and you were like, you know, how much better is this UTSA team than what we even thought maybe. And it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to watch them develop as the season goes on because you watch Jordan Jenkins and I was like, you can tell she's just she's better than everybody else on the court as far as skill wise goes. Sure, like, she can fill it up. The nine turnovers, it was SFA was throwing some weird stuff at her when she caught the ball and like occasionally at the high post stuff and then they trap her, run at her. It was weird and she lost it trying to attack, but. Um, at the end of the day, I think she'll continue to get more comfortable. I mean, she's just really, really good. So that's mm-hmm. a great place to start. Yeah. Maya Linton, I believe, also finished with about 13 uh, mm-hmm. minutes for UTSA. That's a freshman coming off um, or coming in from Duncanville. So, yeah, I mean, there's still some I- – I liked what I saw. Let's put it that way. Just first game, you know, I liked what I saw from both great teams. Game. I'm not concerned about SFA really at all mm-hmm. um, just because I think UTSA will be a formidable force for a lot of teams. Yep. All right. Um, now, for the, on the men's side, there were a lot of games that we thought were going to be either blowouts or not worth talking about. And there were a few blowouts. Uh, real quickly, 
Houston blew the doors off North Carolina, uh, North Colorado. I'm sorry, not North Carolina. Uh, North <laughs> that would have been, been a story. That would have been a story. We would have led the podcast with that. Um, and it was just great to see Marcus Sasser back. Marcus yeah. Sasser looked awesome. Uh, and then Jarris Walker, the freshman, listed at 6'8". And that was the whole thing coming into the year was they don't have Josh Carlton anymore at, at center. Mm-hmm. Jarris Walker looks way bigger than six eight. I was going to say he's definitely he, that's some that's some uh, uh, minimizing there. <laughs> that is a man. That is a man. Jarris Walker is a man. Uh, ends the game with twelve boards, six offense, six defense, only three or fourteen shooting. I watched a Kelvin Sampson clip after the game, him talking about Jarris Walker's game, and he's like, "I don't care about the shot, the shot attempts, the misses. I don't care." Yeah. Uh, twelve boards. The Leads thing I liked was uh, Terrence Arsenault, freshman, yep. stepping in 17 minutes. Again, he might not play 17 minutes all game. You know, obviously that had to do with – probably a lot had to do with game state. But still, yeah. man, um, I know Kelvin Sampson, uh, there was a quote in the offseason where he said, I love that kid. Like So, like, that's two freshmen, right? They're all of a sudden, like, potentially being yep. – you know, if, if Arsenault is not playing 17 minutes a game, like 8 to 10, right, that's still a big, pretty uh, – big contribution if they can get some scoring off the bench. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfect, right? This is this is what we wanted. Jamal Shedd, nine points, nine assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Sasser, four of eight from three, 21 points. And Jarris Walker, uh, 12 boards. And then, obviously, you sprinkle in there a little bit of Tremont Mark, Juwan Roberts, uh, Reggie Chaney. And boom, there you go. You have a contender right there if you uh, play uh, at that level. which 19 offensive boards. Yeah. <laughs> they're back. So. <laughs> they're they're they're, they're going to be all right. That was my concern going into the year. Jarris Walker, just looking at him on the court, I was like, "There's no way that's Jarris Walker." It was Jarris Walker. He's massive. I know we're used to seeing like the 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 six six big for Houston getting yeah, better. or even like the or even if they're six eight, like a little bit more skinny, you know? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not that's as, true. as big. that dude. He's a man. He's a man. So shout out Jarris Walker there. That was my only takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other blowout ish type game. Where'd it go? Uh, SMU beat AM Commerce 77 to 60. Yeah, Zurich Which, Phelps, man. Zurich Phelps. I, I don't know if you remember this. When we yep. had Billy and Body on for the SMU podcast way back, way, way, way back, probably May or something like that, I asked him about Zurich Phelps because I was like, are we not talking about him enough? Like, I feel like Zurich Phelps last year had moments of mm-hmm. being really, really good. And then in the exhibition games they played, Zurich Phelps was the best player on the court. Yeah. And then he comes out against AM Commerce and puts up 28 points on 11 to 17 shooting, and he looks the part to me. And so we talked about Samuel Williamson. We talked about Zach Nuttall, FAO DG. Zurich Phelps is going to probably be the best scorer on this team at the very least, if not the best player. That's an interesting development. Definitely. I think he's going to be something to watch. Um, and in addition, if like – if he can be that guy next to Zach Nuttall, right? That we we kind of we we were worried about Zach Nuttall having all that pressure on him, uh, being kind of the 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 senior returner. But if Zurich Phelps can develop into another, let take a, take a step to his next level. I mean, yeah, Zurich, uh, that's a lot less pressure than you're hoping on Zach Nuttall, probably not having to get back to that uh, Sam Houston form. Yeah, uh, I did not watch all of this game by any means. There were so many games going on, I was juggling. But uh, the parts that I did see, I thought AM Commerce actually looked really really solid in the first mm. half especially i mean it was it was a four-point game going to half and i thought i thought AM commerce would continue to give them them problems smu pulled away late uh mm-hmm. but i left that game again from what i saw which was probably if you piece it together like six minutes seven minutes of game time um i was actually pretty impressed with how AM commerce defended how they um and how they played smu so good 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 sign from them 
early mm-hmm. on, I'd say. Um, real quick, I don't have much on this. Anum Corpus Christi lost to Mississippi State, 63-44. to uh, The parts that I did see, again, if you piece together, I probably watched like five minutes of this game. I thought Terion Murdix was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he led them in scoring. Let me pull the box score if I have it. Um, Terion Murdix, 10 points. Uh, four of 12 shooting, so obviously not as great as I, I thought. But I just watched him play, and I was like, okay, he's looks in control and looks really confident out there. So, um, but it, other than that, it looks like the same AM and com- Corpus Christi team as last year. Really solid across the board. They return everybody: Mushila, Keys, Jackson, uh, Tennyson. So, yeah, it's a it's a solid team, and they were up they were up five going to half against Mississippi State. So one team that I'm uh, you texted me this score. And I just sent a big PU. Uh, he, 50, uh, Louisiana 55, Houston 48. Women. Um, listen. On the women's we, side. Uh, yeah, on the women's side. Yes, I should say. Um, listen, I know Louisiana is going to be one of the better teams in the Sun Belt. 23% from the floor, Houston yeah. shooting. 23. They shot. 18 in the first 12% in the third quarter. Let's put it that way. It was bad. Um, I would like to believe that that's just a really bad cold game, right? Because Layla Blair finished one of 10. <laughs> um, Brittany Onyeshi finished one of 14. <laughs> I would like to believe that that is just a really bad night that they will brush off. But I'm gonna put a little pin in Houston because that that's last year they were whatever, and this year we kind of expect them to get back to the year in 2020 when they were yep. actually pretty good. So I'm gonna put a little pin in them. They have a game this Saturday against Commerce. Now the Commerce Commerce is actually pretty good on the women's side. They blew out uh, UNT Dallas. They looked really good, yep. just like dusting off them. So I'm gonna put a little pin in that game because all of a sudden I'm worried now. <laughs> If I'm Houston, there I I they they have no shot, no shot at it, beating Commerce here. It's bad, man. It's bad. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I will when I saw the score of that and then I clicked on it because in the first half it was even worse. Um, yeah, they had 17 points in the first half. Yeah, they were down 17 29 going to halftime, and I sent it to you and they were legitimately shooting. Just they were three of 16 in the first quarter, three of 14 in the second quarter, two of 16 in the third quarter. It's and and these aren't these aren't new players. These are players we've heard of: Bria sure. Patterson, Layla Blair, Brittany Onyeje, even Tatiana Hill, Tiara Young. These are players we've heard of. They're players we know, and they still and they're returners, and they still can't figure it out. And so, yeah. um, that was a very very jarring score to watch uh, unfold because there's no reason for this team to be shooting like twenty percent from the field. Right. That was uh, a bit. That'll be a, game I'm, that'll be a game I'm watching this weekend. I will be watching Commerce versus Houston. It'll be on ESPN Plus, I think. So, okay, we'll see. Okay. Um, actually, sorry, now, it's Tuesday. Um, Saturday, Commerce has UTA, which should also be an interesting game. But Tuesday, they play Houston. Houston, wait, Houston has UTA on two, on Saturday? No, 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 no. Commerce has UTA Commerce. on Saturday, okay. and then they play Houston on okay. Tuesday. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. My bad. All right, now we can get to the closer games and a couple games I want to talk about. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wait, time out. Before we get to the closer games, we have one more blowout to talk about. 
we have one more, and I don't know if you if you looked at the list. Okay. And you can discern who I've who this is. Oh, okay, I do. Yes. The good old rice owls. <sighs> of course, you had to. Stop Paris team. Let me sit up in my chair. <laughs> the rice owls played Pepperdine on the road to start the season. Um, they went into the game as six point underdogs. Rice did. I was like, you know, that's kind of unfair. I thought I think Rice can, can do some things this year. Travis Evie, Quincy Olivari, Cameron Sheffield, Max Feeler, the whole mm. squad from the past two years are back. What, 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 what was the score, Matthew Bruni? Rice lost to Pepperdine 106 to 67. Just, now just let me let me, let me also me. remind people. Pepperdine is not a world beater. They're they're <laughs> fine, right? They're a, probably I think Ken Palm has them like one sixty range, right? They're not a team that you should be getting almost doubled up on. The the crazy thing is the first half, I, Rice actually, and I didn't I did not watch this game. It was on a I tried I tried I tried my best watching the highlights of this game. It was on the West Coast Conference what television network whatever it is. So okay. it was not viewable to the public. <laughs> Um, basically they had a closed game here against Pepperdine yeah. in the first half. I'm keeping track of the score. They were down, uh, they were down eight going to half. And I was like, okay, that's, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It was 30. It was 46, 38. They give up 60 points in the second half. They get outscored 60 to 29 in the second half. I, I they beat I, this I, team I, by almost 20 last year. Rice won this game last year. <laughs> They beat them by they beat them by 19 to start last year, and they get almost doubled up in the first game. It's it's embarrassing. That's bad. It's disgusting. <laughs> I was out on rice November like 11th last year. Let's are, are you right backing now. it up three days? November 8th, rice is done. It's cooked. They're all they're all done. Evie, Olivari, Sheffield, Fielder, all of them. Para, all of them are done. Bryce, I don't want to talk about them on this podcast ever, <laughs> ever again. This is a disgusting performance. 40 points. You lost by 40 to Pepperdine. While yeah. AM Corpus Christi is out here leading Mississippi State at halftime and fighting with them. AM Commerce coming from Division II level, fighting with SMU. Tarleton State, Arizona, who almost beat Arizona State. We're going to talk about them soon. Sam Houston State beat Oklahoma. Let's go down the list of games, teams with probably less talent than Rice that are doing better than Rice over the past three years. I just – I can't. That's it. Yeah, that's just just bad. I mean, like, I don't know what else you can say. It's (laughs) – even if if you want to say, okay, Pepperdine got hot, Rice is the team that's supposed to be able to, like, keep pace, right? Like, that's the thing you do. Right, is if you play a hot shooting team, you should be the team that's also trying to keep up with them. And yeah, it was, it's embarrassing. Um, I believe uh, Matthew Bartlett at the Roost, uh, he did a little small little recap. Um, Scott Paris said after the game, this is something we can't forget. This is something that cannot happen. This is not the kind of loss that this program should be taking. So, not mincing words. Um, it wasn't because what I was looking for was like, the 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 little asterisk right oh so and so was battling the flu right i was looking for something right because that's what you would expect from this type of loss is like oh olivari wasn't right or you look at the box score and it's like oh evie only played like five minutes he got hurt or whatever oh we only played six guys or whatever and i was i was looking at the recap and i'm like oh they just they just got 
the butt kick. That's not nobody was out. Nobody was <laughs> nobody was missing. Like they just yeah. So sixty oh, no. points. You lost That's sixty bad. points in the second half to Pepperdine, man. Yeah. Who the, who do they have next? Let's see. I I, I pulled the same thing. They have a basically a, a Division two school, St. Thomas. Okay. Then they have Middle. Middleton. Oh, that's right. They have the early conference game Middle Tennessee. And Middle will put it on them, just like that. Uh, Georgia Southern. I don't know anything about Georgia Southern in the Sun Belt. I they don't care. Should be, they should. I don't know. I, I can't even say they should beat Georgia Southern now, but. Hey, didn't Houston Christian put up a fight in their game last night when I was scrolling through school scores? I think so. Let me, let me I I don't know. Maybe it's the women's side. I think I was looking at the, maybe the women's side, but regardless, it's like they play HB, they play a Houston Christian. Yo, they did. Houston Christian. Oh, yeah, they beat, they almost they played good against FIU. Yeah, they played they played FIU close and they were I think they were even up at times in the first half. It's like All right, good luck in that game. It's just I'm out. I got nothing to say. November 8th. Nothing to say. No next way, year, no next year you're going to be in the off in the preseason talking about the, being out on. <laughs> I mean, if Paris gone, maybe they'll have a shot. But all right, let's move on to actual competitive games. Uh, which which game do you want to start with? Oh, let's start with the big one, Sam Houston. Yeah, yeah, Sam Houston State man beats Oklahoma 52-51. And the thing is, I was trying to. I, this was right as the LSU game was ending, so I was like getting my stuff together, and I look up. Because usually Mulkey takes a long time, so I knew I had some time. But I yeah. look up, Sam Houston had won, and I had the game on my screen, and I was like, wait, 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 rewind, rewind. And uh, I believe it was Tanner Groves goes to the rim, um, basically up – they're up two. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. up two. Goes to the rim, and f- oh, the, the ball hangs on the rim for a second. A, a finger roll. Ball hangs on the rim for a second and just lips off. It was a great Sam, move too. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> as a basketball fan, I hated that they didn't go in because that was a Sam, great spin move in the paint to try and get to the rim. Sam grabs the board, pushes the ball, pushes it hard up the court with like you know five seconds left, four seconds left, three seconds left. Uh, drive, kick outside to three on the fast break. Only down two, yet they kick it out to the to the to the wing three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quay Grant kicks it out to Lam- Lamar Wilkerson. Who mm-hmm. drains the three with one second left and just shocks Oklahoma? Yeah. I what a win! I think it I, was interesting because I think I want to say Wilkinson Wilkerson had a had like an air ball the 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 possession before. Um, he shot like a it was a, like a it was like a mid range jumper air balled and somebody got a put back and Sam that's how they cut the lead to two. Um, somebody just got the rebound, but so I thought it was interesting that he's the one that ends up hitting the game winner, but yeah, man, that is, that's like a hell of a win. Like Quay Grant and Wilkerson combined for 27. Uh, Of course, Quay Grant finishes with 13. I've talked about him before. He's a star at West Texas A&M, went to Wichita State, didn't work out there. I'm glad he's back in the state. And I hope that this is the sign of something for kind of a second win for his career because he is really good. And I'm glad that he and, uh, he and Lamar Wilkerson kind of got this huge win to start off their season. Lamar Wilkerson from Three Rivers College comes out, goes five of six from three, 17 points. Um, we talked early. We did our, our you know, the, the predictions podcast, and when we were doing it, it was like Sam Houston State. All right, what do we make of this team without Savion Flag? Um, they return, you know, guys like Dante Powers, um, Tristan Ikpe. They, they got some guys to returning, but who's going to step up in the scoring department? We knew Quay Grant would be good. 
But this, if Lamar Wilkerson is actually a legitimate three-point shooter here, he made all five of their threes in this game. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, maybe that's not sustainable. You're getting the other guys to make threes, cool. But it doesn't matter. They played Oklahoma, and they they held Oklahoma to 51 points. And so we don't even need to worry about offense. If you hold a team like Oklahoma, and I know Oklahoma, they don't got Blake Griffin over there anymore, but – it's a it's a solid Big Twelve team. I was, I was about to say they're they're. For, I mean Porter Moser we think is a really good exactly. coach. Um, we think he's you know, last year they showed a lot more than I think we expected. Um, under their under Moser in his first year, mm-hmm. and I thought they'd take a little bit of a step forward this year. And all of a sudden they're on the back they're on the back heels now. You want to know what hasn't changed from last year though for Sam? Was free throw shooting? Oh no! They went two of six from the free throw line and still <laughs> won the game. If that doesn't tell you how well they played in every other aspect of this right. game, oh god, two of six from the free throw line, while Oklahoma Jeez. went fourteen to twenty, which isn't a great percentage, but they got right. to the line twenty times. So that's amazing. Um, uh, by the way, for all you gambling fans turnover. out there, uh, Sam Houston plus the money line was plus thousand. <laughs> like the Oklahoma was a sixteen point favorite in this one, Ooh. and some some lucky fan in Huntsville threw down some money on a whim and just said, you know what why not and he's, he's really happy right now because man lamar wilkerson just made him some money and the th- the crazy thing is they survived the first half same yeah. with where they went over nine from three you know one to three um overall mm-hmm. uh from the free throw line sorry one to three from the free throw line and i think i had the i don't know why the box samuelson box score doesn't include quay grant on here quay grant's numbers so really? on the points mm-hmm. side it yeah. does, says 39 points so i'm gonna have to I'll, I'll refer to you for for my stats. Oh uh, yeah, four, he finished four of ten, uh, four of ten, or sorry, five of fifteen from the field, four of ten from two, um, five assists, only one turnover. What did he shoot um, from the free line? He shot two of three. So okay, was, so add that to what yeah. I said, two of six. So they went yeah. four of nine. I'm sorry, four of nine from the free throw line. For some reason, the box score doesn't have him in there. Yeah. But um, um, but yeah, so I, man, that was hell of a win. They were they were down fourteen with nine minutes to go. Sam Houston and they come back and just, I don't know if Oklahoma just took the foot off the gas or whatever, but man, that is, it's a hell of a win, man. That's awesome. Awesome. So Sam Houston is back. Uh, they were one of my favorite teams last year because of how seemingly unpredictable they were. Sure. And they picked back up right where they left off, even with the Savion flag no longer there. So uh, have a backcourt like this, playing like this for, you know, a whole season. I'll be, I'll be watching them more often. Yep, for sure. Uh, credit to Sam. We could talk Texas UTEP. We sure. Talk some Texas UTEP. I UTEP was there for a little bit. Well, yeah, UTEP was there. UTEP was there for for a majority of, it. and then Texas pulled out. I think the biggest lead was up. I think by twenty two or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I admittedly did not get a lot of eyes on this game, um, at all. So, um, I'll be going off of box score and yeah vibes, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Texas, was, Texas went seventy-two fifty-seven. Yeah, so this one was about. I don't know. This one went the way I figured it would go. Um, we know that Joe Golding loves to make things ugly. Of course, you know Chris Beard obviously loves to make things ugly, and so I figured this was going to be kind of a. I don't want to say unwatchable game because I think Texas's talent would have just like eventually pushed through and it would have made it would, they would have had a lot better of an offensive display, which is eventually what happened. But for the most part, it was probably a 10 point ish lead. Yeah. Um, and it really didn't 
offensively for UTEP, it just didn't feel like it was going to get any closer than that. But with that being said, I still think UTEP looked pretty good. I think I think the balance of this team looks a lot better. Defensively, yes. they look a lot more active. Shamar Givens came in right away and had six assists, uh, only two turnovers. Um, there, I still wonder, and again, this is just against Texas. Every team's going to struggle against Texas. I do wonder who that go-to player is for, for UTEP on offense. Um, but again, that's probably more of a – uh, playing against a team like Texas, who's going to shut down some teams a lot yeah. better than UTEP. One thing I was impressed by was I thought Texas's ball movement was a lot better than it was last year. It didn't look as stagnant. Um, and I know Tyrese Hunter was a big reason for that. He, of course, finished with a game high 18. He actually played a lot more of the scoring role that I kind of thought Marcus Carr would play. But to their credit, I think that they're both good enough to play off each other and to where one guy isn't going to have to be the ball handler, one guy's going to have to be the scorer, whatever. I think they're going to be able to share that responsibility. Um, and it just looked a lot more fluid this year. So I came away completely fine with both teams. Um, by the way, the Moody Center sounded fantastic too. Like, I mean, that's yeah. their first, that was their first home game inside the Moody Center. Yep. It sounded really good. It sounded like a basketball arena. It looked like a basketball arena. Um, and the fans are a lot closer. It just looked a lot better. And I think uh, you'll, they'll, the players will see the benefit of that this year too. Yeah, that's, I, I did see that clip. That, that looked awesome. So yeah. maybe make it out to a game over there at some point yeah. um, over the holiday break. Um, TCU. TCU. Oh boy. We almost we would have had something to lead the podcast with. I'll we tell you that. Would have. If things didn't go their way. Uh Arkansas yeah. Pine Bluff gave them all they could handle and then some. Uh TCU ends up winning the game 73 to 72. Pine Bluff was up eleven at halftime. And I I was I watched I tuned in obviously in the second half and I just mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Damian Ball did not play. Um, they started Shahada Wells, but other, it's still the same team as last year. Mike sure. Miles, Emmanuel Miller. We've gone through the roster a hundred times. Um, Mike Miles only ends up with 15 points on four of eight shooting, uh, and six of 11 from the free throw line, you know, two turnovers. It, it just didn't, it didn't look comfortable. Right. It didn't look comfortable. And then stack on top of that, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, shooting 13 of 23 from three. And in the first half, they shot 11 of 20 from three. I was about to say, yeah, that I think that's a huge issue when, and again, not every team's going to shoot that hot, right? Obviously it's hard to, even if it is pine bluff, like anybody shooting that percentage from three is going to be in a close game and going to be in control for a bit. But I think that does raise a question about TCU. If they get in a, in a game where their defense is just a, a step off, right? If they're letting up things from three, does this team have the legs to kind of push back? I think eventually, yes, but it also had to do a lot with, I think, Pine Bluff shooting kind of cooling off in the second half as well. The thing is, and this has been we, – we were hesitant. Okay, look, TCU was a top 20 team in the season coming in mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the polls, right? Uh, in our pre- prediction podcast, we were both like, you know, this team still went eight and ten in conference last year, right? This is not mm-hmm. like some world. This isn't North Carolina returning everybody back from from their team, okay? Right. Um, they went four of twenty one from three. Last year they couldn't shoot. Last year, yeah, last year they yeah. couldn't shoot. This yeah. year, through one game, they can't shoot, and they only only, which I mean, eleven offensive rebounds isn't bad. Obviously, it's it's fine, but you know, I don't think they're putting. That, I mean, they're playing Pine Bluff. 
Yeah. You know, you should build up more than 11 offensive rebounds if that's your identity. And that is their identity. Last year it was. So only three blocks. Like, it didn't feel like they made Pine Bluff feel them at all. Yeah. And then on the other end, you're not making threes. So it's like this was our kind of hesitancy with this team coming in is like Mike Miles has to take that step up. He has to be better than four base shooting from the field uh, with three assists and two turnovers. Like he just has to be that guy. So um, that is a concern for me. We'll see what happens when they get Damian Ball back. Uh, Shahada Wells, good to see him back on the court, 26 minutes, seven mm-hmm. points. But uh, at the end of the day, I they I mean obviously they need to be better than this. Yeah, Chuck O'Bannon finished one of seven from three. Uh, Mike Miles, I will say Mike Miles' one make from three was the one that put him in the lead and kind of gave him the game. Um, it was kind of a step in three with under a minute to go. But again, it was like <laughs> the fact that they needed that kind of shot, right? It, it was a big shot. It was a big Mike Miles shot. But it was like, all right, it's Pine Bluff. He, he should not be needing that shot. We know. We know the SWAC is what it is, but it's also like Pine Bluff is not even in the conversation for winning the SWAC this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were all of a sudden pushing you to the brink. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you you really get when you when you start looking at Baylor, when you start looking at potentially if Texas is a better shooting team, like, OK, what happens if they get on a hot streak from three? Can you even like somewhat keep up with that? And so far, I my answer would be no. Yeah, well, TCU plays Lamar and then Northwestern State and then ULM as their next three games, all at home. So They should win all those. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hopefully they win those games by more than one point. Let's say Monroe, Monroe played somebody last night uh, from Texas, too. Um, yeah, Monroe played. Uh, A&M. They played A&M. A&M. Yeah. And I didn't see any of that because I saw I them at 30. <laughs> I turned on for a second, and every time I watch A&M, there's it's, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds bad. It feels like there's never a player that I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's watch X. Like let's yeah. watch this guy. I'm really excited to watch this guy. I don't know. When I watch AM, it's just like a bunch it of feels, on the court. I was about there. to say it feels like a maroon blob, like like yeah, they're just all like working together. Like it's like they're on the court, someone right. shoots it. Then they get back and it's like okay, right. right? Yeah, you don't you don't even see like a you don't even see like Wade Taylor shoot. You just see Maroon shoot. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Henry exactly. Coleman gets a block. It's like no Maroon gets a block. It's exactly. just like, there's just so many. It's just like one unit out there on the court. That exactly. You, you know exactly. <laughs> you, that's a great way of summarizing it. So, anyways, I didn't watch that game very long. Uh, also, yeah, they were by thirty. Goals. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> um, also, I didn't watch it very long because I had like breaking news on my phone. And I got a bunch of texts saying North Texas was losing to South Nazarene. Oh, buddy. <laughs> let's talk about this one. Now, first, let's say who there were some players out for North Texas, right? Tyler Perry did not play and Ruben Jones did not play. We knew Ruben would be out for the beginning of the season, okay. but Tyler didn't play. Um, obviously, for those who don't know Tyler Perry, all-conference first team last year, their best scorer, their best player, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Cool. With that being said, it's South Nazarene. <laughs> South nazarene was up five with four minutes left on north texas and i watched the entire second half here dicey Um, bro i was disgusted i was i was and i'm we need a disgusted count on this podcast we just need a little counter right there i and the thing is the funny thing is is i was coming leaving that game i was like you know what i'm gonna try to be rational you know they've won three championships they know what they're doing here Blah, 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 blah. But this looked like a team, obviously, without Tyler and Ruben, you have a bunch of new guys on, on, on the floor for North Texas. 
But to me, it just doesn't it doesn't matter. You cannot almost lose to South Nazarene, Southern Nazarene. If we this is we project to everybody projected to be one of the best teams in Conference USA to be Ken Palm had them at like 50 or something in the country before the season. Like this is supposed to be a top 100 team in the country. They looked, oh, they looked bad. It looked really bad. Really, really bad. My, you know, my favorite part about this game was UNT stream this on YouTube. On YouTube. And so you could just see comments rolling in. Chat. Chat. (laughs) <laughs> you saw you saw one half of Southern Nazarene students and fans coming in like let's go Division Two, and then you saw like North Texas fans being like we can't even beat Southern Nazarene <laughs> in real time as they're trying to come back. You just see like the apathy slip in <laughs> from North Texas fans. <laughs> I, I I I kid you not. When it was a five point game with four minutes left, I thought the game was over. I that's how bad North Texas offense was. It, it, I did not it, think they yeah. could score six points. In four minutes. That's how bad it was. And I was just like, they lost, they lost to South, Southern Nazarene. It was over. Yeah. 422 somehow... from three. Um, the, on, the only the only solace you can take from this game. Only. Because the, the rest of you throw this away. Right. Abu Usman being a number one option on offense. I don't want to say it was good for his game. But like, I like that North Texas had to find another way to score. Right, and so that's somebody Abu's made this year is going to be somebody they're going to need to score. So, like, again, the rest of this film you can throw in the trash, but for him, you could say, "Hey, look, here's some part of your game that we're going to need more of this year." Right? You take a look at this tape, Abu's made, and you, <laughs> you can watch the game. Right? He shot Abu had 21 shots. Listen, you, you got to get them shots because they're you can't. You're going to need some points on the inside. I mean, I just couldn't believe how many players played in that game that had zero points. Yeah, that's – I don't know if you're looking at the box score. I'll talk, like, look Four at the box players score. scored. Four players scored. In the first half-ish, two players scored. Kai and Abu were the only players that scored. They had 19 points at halftime against Southern Nazarene, and <sighs> Kai and Abu were the only two players who scored. I, I just – it's, it's like you said earlier, put a pin in it. Yeah. Put a pin in it. It just looked like, I don't know. And again, a lot of, I don't even want to say like a lot of this goes away with it. Like, no, because now depth, I'm concerned about depth. Because like, obviously when Tyler Perry uh, um, and who's the other one? I forgot. Ruben Jones. Ruben Jones. Obviously when they come back, sure. Yeah. The offense is going to be better. But like, now I'm still concerned about the guys behind them. Because like every offensive set they ran, it just looked like either they weren't looking to score or they were like not in position to even like Painful. if they were open they would score because they would get the ball so far away from the three point line that you're like oh that's not a that's not a set that's supposed to set up a shot that's like a reset and you're just trying to like reset the offense and keep going again it was very uncomfortable to watch <laughs> uncomfortable that's a good word it's yeah. a good word it's a good way to describe it uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens when they get Tyler back. I'm assuming he'll be back next game because I don't think it's something serious. And they yeah. play St. Mary's next, and St. Mary's is a damn good basketball program. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. But that's uh, something. Put a pin in it. Yep. Put a pin in it. Uh, and the final game that we have to talk about here is Tarleton State and Arizona State. I mentioned it briefly in my rice yeah, rant. I actually, didn't, didn't get a chance to look at this one, but I remember it was looking. Pretty. I didn't either because it was on the Pac-12 network, I believe. Oh, that's right, because they had that awful TV deal. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and again, another game that was basically a closed, 
game, a close scrimmage. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody can watch behind closed door scrimmage. Because <laughs> nobody can watch it on television. But right. uh, from all accounts, Tarleton State gave them everything they they could handle. I thought Tarleton was going to win. I, I I don't have the the play by play in front of me, but if, I thought they led for a period in the second in the second half. So, um, and the thing is, they didn't even shoot well. Two of fourteen from three, Tarleton State. But you know what Tarleton State does well, what they did last year. They make things frustrating. They force 21 turnovers. Let's go, baby. They get the ball. It's the best offense is transition, baby. That's all you got to do. You just got to like push there were 38, 38 combined turnovers in this game. And 21 that. of them were from Arizona State. And, I love uh, that. It's just what, it's what they do. And they Chaos. forced I mean, 54 fouls in this game, 27 from each team. <laughs> If this isn't the most Tarleton State game in the history of Tarleton State, oh, I don't know awesome. what is. Like this is perfect Tarleton State basketball. Go out there, force turnovers, force fouls, cause don't chaos. make any shots, and and go get to the free throw line thirty two times. They got to the free throw line thirty two times. This is Tarleton State basketball <laughs> right here. Just all the chaos, man. Just all the chaos. They even turned how many turnovers did they have? They had so many turnovers. They had, they had 17, 17 turnovers. Like they, they just it's just chaos in both directions. Forcing Literally. 21, having 17 of your own. <laughs> Literally. They I love it. They um the teams combined. So let me do some quick math in my head. They combined to go eight of 38 from three. They combined for 38 turnovers. They combined for 54 fouls. They combined for 61 free throws. This is this is peak Tarleton oh. State basketball. I yeah. I love it so much. Yes. I love it. So shout out to Tarleton State for almost beating Arizona State. And uh I I couldn't name and that's another thing. Coming into the season, we're like, okay, Tarleton State lost like some guys off their team. Uh Small's gone. Um I forgot the other score that they lost, but it's like who are they gonna replace them with? I don't know anybody on this roster really. And um yeah, so that makes it even more Charles State because I can't name anybody on this team, mm-hmm. which is insane because I could do that for the other 49 teams in the state. I could probably name one player on every team. Right. And yet here I am. Ja'Cory Smith led them in scoring a transfer from East Mississippi Coast, uh, Community College. So there you go. I'll take it. There you go. Charleston State. Shout out to um, to them and uh, Gillespie and guys like that. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's that. Go, what a day! I love what it. What a what a day one! <laughs> what a day one, man! I was so hyped to do this podcast last night, partially because of Rice. Rice just pissed me off. <laughs> he just wanted to get it off. He I just know. wanted to pop off really quick. <laughs> I just wanted to yell at Rice, and then North Texas barely almost lost, and you're like, okay, well now I don't want to do the podcast, and then <laughs> then Sam Houston won, and you're like, okay, let's do it. So, anyways, <laughs> roller coaster of emotions. This is great. We're back. College basketball's back. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. We've got the weekend um, coming up, too. More slates coming up. Yep. And uh, we will be doing podcasts Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays and Fridays. So we will have those there um, every week. So we'll get in a rhythm to where, you know, if you're listening, you, you'll know every day we're, when we're dropping and, you know, what day we're dropping. So we'll get in a yes, rhythm sir. with that. So, yeah, Tuesday and, Tuesdays and Fridays, Zone Star State Podcast. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton. Uh, if you haven't already, check out the YouTube channel over there. Um, I know we started it kind of late, but 
Um, check us out. Uh, I believe it's Dave Campbell's Text Basketball or something like that on YouTube. I should probably know this before I plug it. But still, um, well, it'll be on Twitter as well, so you can find the link there. So, yeah, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni. We thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you all later.